guys, more team. They're burying us alive! Eddie Shore? Oh, piss on Eddie Shore. Old-time hockey? Piss on old-time hockey! You're blowing it! And now, between the stammers, your unofficial Canucks cast. Here's Arden Caleb. It's not easy to lose a hockey game. Especially when you're only down by one there with a couple minutes left, and you know, you're battling back to try to stand it. But uh, at the same time, we gotta um, look at the positives. And I thought we did a tremendous job sticking up for our teammates tonight and, and sticking together. And, and uh, you know, we win as a team, we lose as a team. And I thought we did a great job. Well, that's Bo Horvat after the Canucks 5-2 loss to the Tampa Bay Lightning at home on a Tuesday night. This is between the Stammers for December 19th. 2018 it's our christmas edition ho 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 that's caleb kirby along myself what are you talking about that's santa santa's here too he's got presents to give (laughs) (laughs) troy stetcher is being examined after a headshot in the loss to the lightning ole ulevi's having season ending surgery seemingly out of nowhere in the spirit of christmas as caleb kirby just told us between the stammers is going to give some gifts to the canucks not exactly sure how it's going to work, but just something uh, special for this time of year, right? Yeah. I think it's going to be fun, man. I think we're both going to have some fun. Do you have any gifts? I have a few things in mind, but uh, there, there's a lot of things that the Canucks need, let's be honest. Okay. Yeah. Uh, we're going to go over that later. I think we should go over the latest game that just happened. Uh, the Canucks 5-2 loss to Tampa Bay last night. You heard Bo Horvat there uh, talking about the team stepping up physically, even though they lost the Canucks, they lost as a team, the Canucks. Um, that is the Java update. We're also doing this recording from our work studio, so we're not in the Between the Stammer studio, making things more difficult on ourselves. Dude, I miss the Between the Stammer studios. They got beer there. Yeah, they're This little... work studio, you know, we got shortbread and all these cookies and Christmas treats, but we don't have beer, and I feel like we could use some. I mean, usually we are sponsored by, you know, some sort of beer, but unfortunately at work we can't do that. So, yes, it sucks, but we're going to work with what we have. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll make do with what we have, Art. And, uh, man, what a game last night, hey? I haven't been this pumped in it for Canucks loss in I can't even remember the last time I was this happy with a losing effort. Just fantastic. All the way, every single player played their heart out last night. I thought um, the responses were f- unreal for all the physicality. Roussel was just out there just stirring the pot all night. What Got under Tampa's summer. skin. And, uh, man, so good to see guys like Vertan and uh, Good Branson, Besser, like, step in. And uh, Hutton, step in for and stand up for their teammates. That hit on Petey really pissed me off. The Stetcher hit. I thought the league was going to look at it. Turns out they're not going to, which is a little bit of an issue, I think, to some people out there. And, um, man, you just can't you can't ask for more from a game like that. The only way that that game would have been a little incy-beancy, teeny-weeny bit better mm-hmm. was that last goal that Tampa scored before the empty net and all that stuff on Nielsen. Kind of just slipped through, like, his crest in his arm there. It robbed us He of, wanted that one back. It robbed us of what was going to be, like, a frenetic finish. That's, yeah. That's, that's what it did, unfortunately, yeah. making it a two-goal game. Uh, there's no real moral victories in sports. I don't really believe in moral victories, but it seems like that's what we're running with after this loss. That's because you're a Patriots fan, and you're just so calm, cool, and calculated about everything, right? You take your losses hard. You yeah, know, whether it's a Canucks loss or... Or an NFL Patriots lost. 
But uh, how did you feel? Did you take this one as as hard as you take some of these other losses, or were you actually like pretty pumped? Uh, I was pretty pumped because the game itself was like really good. I mean, it was end to end action. It had all the intrigue, like blood was boiling on both sides. These teams had played each other once before. I don't know if something happened in that game that kind of led to this that we don't know about. Yeah, but maybe. it kind of it kind of seemed like Antoine Roussel kind of he lit the match in this game with oh, his 100%. hit on Jan, Yanni Gordy. Yeah, Yanni Gord. Yeah, Gord. His his hit on the boards there into like the stanchion or whatever that was that that started things, and then there was a fight immediately afterwards that. That was fun, and it got both teams like at this level where it felt like a playoff game. Dude, if you watch Roussel, even when he's forechecking, like when he's going into the opposing end, even when he comes at players and he's not even going to lay a hit on them, he gives them like this uneasy feeling because he gets down low and like players are like, oh, man, this guy's coming hard at me. Is he going to submarine me? And he like turns at the last second and goes away, and that really pisses players off. Like Mm -hmm. Roussel has just – a masterful knack for doing this. Like he might go down at the end of his Canucks tenure as the greatest pest we've ever had. And we've had some doozies, oh, you know, like the greatest pest Yar- we've ever Yarko had. Yarko Rutu, right? Like Matt Cook, Alex, uh, Alex Burroughs. <laughs> Alex Burroughs. You, you can even put Kessler in there, had. but like, well, yeah. I mean, Alex Burroughs was the most skilled and probably had the most successful career, but like just getting under guys skin, man, Roussel is like on a completely different level of just, I don't know, like, being an asshole, I guess, is is how you could say it. But he's our asshole. He's a shit disturber. And he can skate like the Dickens. And I, I just thought he had such a good game last night. Yeah, and he dropped the gloves, too. Yeah. I mean, yes, Gord is, like, you're pretty small. So I understand why he dropped the gloves. Isn't they're just jaw-jacking <laughs> each other in French, too? It's both those guys, right? Apparently, the chirping was just going on from the start of this game. Apparently, like, Brock Besser was chirping... Gord from the penalty box yeah. as well. Like it was, it was. And Levo too, man. Levo in the box. He was yelling like when they had a shot of him out there. I I couldn't believe how like in. I think that was in Martel's face. Levo got. Yeah. Yeah. Great uh, game. Yeah. Great game. I mean, one thing really bad that came out of that game was Troy Stetcher getting hurt. Uh, he got hit. If you didn't see it, from behind, a blind side hit to the head, shoulder to the head, by. I didn't like. I barely know this guy's name, Martel Dar- Dar- Darnick Marce- Martel. Is that his name? Yeah, well, he hadn't played in a month, by the way. Darnick Martel. The thing about him is that's one of those. It doesn't matter what his yeah. name is. <laughs> you jabroni. Um, the thing about like the Stetcher hit is it's unfortunate, and I don't really I. Like, a lot of people, like, the refs let the game get out of control. And they they kind of did let the game get out of control because of how fired up Green was after that happened. And when you see a coach like that who's that fired up on the bench, you think the players aren't going to follow suit. But where I feel a little for these refs is that that happened so fast. But they both saw it. They both had their hands up. That's what pisses me off. No, and I understand that. But, like, what what do you make that call on the ice? Like... Because it happened so quickly, do you do you send the guy out of the game after that hit? Well, at least a double minor. I don't think anything after that would have happened. Yeah, at least at least you wouldn't have had Jake Furtan and then yeah. Erica Branson jumping Martell out of no, the box. No, and that's fair. But I mean, I I just like I still think this is the best ref league 
out of all the professional leagues. That's not saying much, honestly. I, I know. No, no, you're not. <laughs> but, like, split second. It's very hard for them to call. Where I think the NHL is failing is in reviews after the game, right? Like, we heard nothing from the NHL, again, on any supplementary discipline for Martell. That's another headshot thing. You know, Barchi, we're a little sensitive about it because this happened to Barchi two months ago. Nothing there. I mean, even that Tom Wilson hit that happened a few weeks ago uh, against New Jersey, nothing there. The Reeves hit on Wilson, nothing there, right? So The NHL saying it's okay to blindside people in the head. That's what they're saying. Well, they're saying two different things. At the beginning of the season, they're saying it's unacceptable, and now that we've seen this many non-calls... Actions speak louder than words. Exactly. You're right. But I'm I'm not going after the refs on the ice for their initial call on the hit. But they failed to settle the game down after Green lost it. And imagine if that was John Tortorella on the. I I thought Green was going to go on the ice there. I thought he was going to get a penalty. I went yeah. like for for how fired up he was. I thought he was going to get a penalty. And and the way that the refs tried to manage the game after that by giving the Canucks an extra two, like you're giving the wrong team the extra two there. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. I, Fantastic game. We don't know what's going to happen with Stetcher, but we do know that the Canucks are going to step up for their teammates because they were maligned among fans and media after what happened to Elias Pettersson and nothing happened on the ice right at that moment. Yeah. This is almost the same situation because it's a one-goal game. Well, it's about goddamn time they did it, don't you think? Like, it is about time that this happened because it happened with Petey, we saw another questionable hit on Mott at one point, another questionable one on Grandlin, and now, like, the team is finally, like, galvanized and stepping up. And I think Travis Green is, is you know, probably one of the guys who's most responsible to uh, make sure that that happened in this instance. Uh, Erica Branson was one of the guys that, or is one of the guys that has to, has to create that physical, you know, from the back end as a team, as a leader. He's a physical leader on this team, and we know he's probably the scariest guy on the Canucks. So he got really, yeah. he got a huge shitstorm when he didn't do anything uh, when Pedersen got hit or Berchi. So him jumping in, he got a couple of free shots there full against Marks, Full marks to Martel. him too for not dropping his glove. Hey, yeah. that's a roughing call. Yeah, you know. He didn't even get a roughing call against him when it happened, but, yeah. like, he had the glove on. That's could, a roughing call. If he would have dropped his glove there, he was, like, third man in punching. That's suspendable. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I I had people text me. They're like, Gabranson's a goon. Yeah. Uh, here's what Gabranson had to say after the game, talking about the team stepping up and, uh, you know, supporting their teammates after what a lot of people thought was a dirty hit. That's definitely something we're taking from it. Um, you know, you knew if something... Shady happened on the ice. So the guy next to you was coming flying in, and and it's a big part of being a hockey team. You don't see that that often, you know, nowadays. And and uh, um, yeah, it's a it's a good thing that that stuff is leaving the game. Honestly, it, you know, preventing injuries and whatnot. But um, you know, when it comes down to it, it's good to see the boys step up. Right there. So yeah, that's Erica Branson speaking to reporters after the game because they asked him, of course, does this show that this team will step up to the plate when it needs to physically? Is that question, that question's been answered now, right? That question has been answered, and that is a question that so many fans are happy with, that it has been answered. And that the elation of last night's game, I really think stems more from that 
than anything else. Um, before we move on from this game, I do have to say that the Canucks were in this to the end, and it felt like a playoff game. 100%. It did. Yeah. And this is the best team in the NHL. And it shows you that they can hang around with these big boy teams. They're not quite there yet. We all know that, right? Yeah. But, I mean, for the pieces that we have, these young stars, like how exciting is it to see these like young budding guys? Jake Furtanen in that game was unreal. He was. Like, I can't wait to see this guy in a playoff series. I know. You know? He looks like a guy that's going to step up both physically and now doing it offensively, too. Yeah. Uh, Here's Bo Horvat talking about the game just in general. No, it felt like a playoff game out there, really. And uh, it was it was great to be in that kind of game. You want to be in those kind of games. And you're excited to play the top team in the league. And there's a lot of fire in, in our group wanting to win and, and wanting to battle for our teammates. So, I mean, to take the positives out of that is, is huge. So that's uh, Bo Horvat, future captain. Oh, Hundo P, buddy. Hundo P. At what point the, the, should they slap the C on this We're guy? getting pretty close to New Year's. That's when I want to see it slapped on them. Why not? If yeah. you're going to make a run, too, as a team at the – uh, at, uh, at a playoff spot, I think that could be a galvanizing point, you know? Yeah. Right? Yeah. In the locker room, you can pull a, a Coach Riley, Charlie Conway. Go get him, Captain. Yeah. I got to say, too, before we move on too, too far, f- great work by goaltending over this 5-1-1 one, one streak. Markstrom has been fantastic. Nielsen has done his best. He played a really good game last night, aside from that one goal that just kind of sealed it. And until that point, he stood on his head. Damn it, Kirby. I have a list of things to talk about. Like I'm going, I'm going rogue. It doesn't matter. Kirby's like, we're going to bring that up. It doesn't matter if it's first, last. I'm going to throw it out there. Uh, but, yeah, if you want to talk about goaltending a little bit, unfortunately for Nilsson, yeah, that ended the game when he let that in. He can't let that in at that time. Like, it can't happen. Yeah. Imagine if that happened in a playoff game. Yeah. We would be throwing shit. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Uh, but Markstrom not getting the start in net for this game He's been a really strong stretch. Are you surprised that he didn't get the start in this game? Not at all. I I actually think that Green probably would have chose Nielsen in this game regardless, just looking at the schedule, breaking up another start for uh, Markstrom in a game. They're talking about trying to get back to 500 before Christmas, right? This is the game on this little uh, schedule here before the end between you know St. Louis, Winnipeg, and then we just had that one. This is the game that I would have been like, okay, I'm going to start Nielsen. Because it's the best team in the league. And you want you know your forwards and defensemen to step their game up, mm-hmm. knowing that they got the backup in there to try and win the game for them. But it's a tougher test. Yeah. And it sucks for Nielsen that he does get the tougher test here. He does. He's been getting the tougher tests all season if, if you look at it. Yeah. You look at his starts. But if you want a chance at the other two games, a, a better chance with the way that Marky's been playing over this win streak that they were on. I would have put Nilsson in this game as well, and I would start Markstrom in the next two. Also, leading into this factor, I think the the decision-making factor uh, to have Nilsson in there is that he was the starter in the 4-1 win over Tampa Bay earlier this year. Yeah, that's a good point too. Right? Yeah. I think Travis Keen obviously put that into uh, perspective as well. Uh, just to talk about Jacob Markstrom, his hot streak, oh, and this is why I bring this up, he is 5-0 and in his last five starts. Uh, 1.8 goals against average with a 93.7 save percentage. So <laughs> that's unreal, right? Yeah, I think I just think a few people had that question like, why wouldn't you keep going with the hot goalie? His save percentage on the season now is over 900, which is great to see. It's something that the Canucks need 
we need goaltending if we're going to have a shot at even getting back in this race. And, you know, believe you me right now, we're not back in this race yet. The Canucks still got a lot of digging to uh, try and climb back up into this race yet. They're on the cusp. They're on the cusp of almost being eliminated, and we're not even at Christmas. It's very important. These games are all really important right now. Uh, They're three points now behind the second wild card spot. They sit sixth in the Pacific Division uh, three points back of Edmonton, which lead in the. How is Edmonton the second wild card spot? I don't know how that how they're holding on to that. Yeah, like, I don't know about that, but that game on Sunday was fantastic too. Yeah, you know uh, the Canucks have been playing well of late. Like they yeah. had points in five of their last six games coming into the game against Tampa yeah. yesterday. What this team's been playing really well of late. Uh, Brock Besser, Elias Pettersson scoring goals in the same game. Like, and when that happens. They're going to win games. They're like now the, you know, like one-two punch in other, uh, on other really good teams. They become that, right? I think that's what that's that's what we want. That's Hor- what we need. Horvat's role on this team has changed now that Beagle's back too, and I, I don't think the importance of that can be understated. Beagle brings a lot to this team, and he makes his line mates better. Not offensively as a threat, but, uh, you know, more so checking and uh, park retrieval and defensively. Man, they had a that line had a really nice play when Tampa was streaking through the zone last night. Granlin's just he's a very smart player when it comes to funneling guys along the wall going through the neutral zone, and he picks up uh, pucks off his sticks all the time. I think it's probably the best facet to his game. The defense is healthy too, right? Yeah, that's another well, thing. Stetcher now, but yeah, aside from Stetcher, we'll, which, we'll see how that goes. Yeah, he's getting. He's I'd getting, put Biega in there to be honest as as my replacement. I wouldn't put Del Zotto in unless I absolutely had to. Yeah. Yeah. This whole run has gone on without Del Zotto, yeah, right? Exactly. It has. Yeah. Poor guy sitting in the uh sitting in the uh press box for this as a veteran. That's gotta hurt. A little bit. Not, yeah. It's gotta hurt. I yeah. I mean I, I wouldn't be surprised if Benning has tried to move him a few times. Uh depth is always good though because you know injuries happen. Yeah. Uh I say we go over some of the headlines for the Canucks this week. Well, speaking of injuries, right, the news yesterday was no good. It kind of came out of nowhere. We touched to it in our intro there. The Canucks announced yesterday, confirming reports that blue line prospect Ole Ulevi, done for the season after a surgery for a tear in his knee meniscus, uh, he had visited a specialist because he was continuing continuing to get pain. The Canucks originally had said that it was just minor. It would only be a couple of weeks. And then all of a sudden, out of the blue, a statement came out on Tuesday that he'd be done. For, he's going to be done for the rest of the year and won't be back until next training camp. Where did that come from? This is the thing that pisses me off the most about the way that this team is managed is these injury reports are so kiddywampus to what actually is going on here. That's why it doesn't surprise me that something like this happens. It's just, yeah, but I mean, three and a half years of this shit. I'm so sick of it, it's not even funny. When we first got good Branson, his, his hand, how many faulty reports did we hear about his hand until they shut him down? Again, his shoulder, same goddamn thing. Same with Brandon Gaunts when he hurt his shoulder. Oh, he's going to be out for a little while. Season-ending surgery. Anton Rodin, I think, is the biggest example of this. You know, saying, oh, well, he's hurt, but we're going to play him. They play him, and then they're like, okay, well, you know, it's his knee. Something's wrong with his knee, so he's going to sit out a while. So he sits out, like, for fucking ever. 
And then they're like, okay, actually his kneecap is, he has this weird hereditary condition where his kneecap is in two pieces and he's going to need season-ending surgery. Out. Gone. Comes back, plays a couple games. Guy never developed into anything. And this, like, know what the fuck you're talking about as a medical staff because this is happening way too often to give people these false reports or misinformation. And I don't think it's the fact that Ulevi isn't coming back or the fact that, uh, you know, Ulevi is done for the season. I think it's more so just the fact that people are frustrated with this team's reporting on medical issues. Yeah, I mean, I'll ask you what you'd rather them say. But this was the timeline uh, so nicely uh, laid out by uh, Canucks beat reporter Jeff Patterson, who works for TSN 1040. He said on November 17th, that was Ulevi played his last game. Uh, The media was told it was a minor knock. Uh, Benning said he was coming to Vancouver on November 24th. And then on December 1st, Benning told media that it was going to be two to three weeks. He skated in Vancouver. And then in a scrum in December 3rd, Benning told reporters doesn't need surgery. And then December 18th, boom, he gets knee surgery. Why is Benning even talking about these issues to begin with? A GM. I don't like it, it. It bugs me, you know. Talk to the training staff. Talk to call. I mean, obviously, Benning doesn't know what he's talking about. He said three different things here that have no bearing on this injury, and now he's out for the season. So this happened over a two-week period, two three-week period. Uh, you would just say we don't know. That's what you. That's what you'd want to hear from. Well, Benning I'd rather on this. hear a guy say I don't know than tell us two to three weeks. Yeah, you know. Especially if if he doesn't know, which clearly he didn't, because the proof's in the pudding. But uh, this just points out a bigger problem with this team, and it's that the the health practices are worth questioning with how not only are they reporting on players, but how they're treating players. Uh, Concussion for Demko earlier this season, same type of issue. People were wondering, well, if he's concussed so bad, why the hell is he flying? What's going on here? Mm -hmm. You know? I don't know if I don't know if there's any other team in the NHL over the past three and a half seasons. Canucks have finished well. We are closer in, to in this. injury in injury men time missed oh, yeah. in the last three seasons, and now in this season they seem to be on pace, top three in the league. Yeah. Something is rotten in the state of Denmark here. Like there is, there is a problem that they need to look at and need to address. Well, it looks like there's two problems here. You talked about the problem of informing the public just wrong. Yes. They've been wrong. Uh, the other one was the fact that there are so many injuries. Yeah. That's more important than informing the public, right? Well, I think it goes hand in hand if you don't want to frustrate your 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 media and fan base. Like this, it just looks so inept on on the side of well the first doesn't happen without the the first one doesn't happen without the you know or the second one doesn't happen without the first one happening so that's the more important thing you're right it's this medical staff which we've been whispering about this in the media in amongst fans we question what's going on back there like trevor linden when he came in he was like really transparent, trying to be very transparent with what's going on with the medical staff. Yeah. And uh, they did a full like clean out of people that yeah. were hired and everything. You know, he brought in his own people and everything it's like that. It's gone to shit since it, that happened. It's been crap ever since. Yeah. So what's the solution for this? I don't know, man, but. If I, you were to ask Jim Benning right now, what's the question you would ask him? 
about the medical I staff. will I, I I would point out what we just pointed out and I would say do you have an explanation for all these things and he, if he gave me injuries are part of hockey I would continue to rattle off the statistics I would be like look what happened with your good Branson pickup uh look what happened with Gaunts looks what happened with Thatcher Look what happened with Rodin. Sutter. Right? Sutter. We, you've had continuous problems year over year over year, and you're not reporting correct information on the timelines of these players, and players are going for surgery when you've already said that they're not requiring surgery. Why is that? I think that's all you can say. Yeah. Uh, Ulevi having a strong season offensively Fuck, what in a the shame, NHL, man. which kind of yeah. sucks, right? He had a goal and 13 assists. In 18 games for the Comets. Yeah. Uh, are you worried about uh, Ole? I mean, are you? how much more worried are you about Ole Ulevi now? I wasn't overly worried um, at the start of this season. I, the back surgery set him back, which which really sucks, but he, he's proven already that he can play in the A, even on that little stint. You know, he got hot, and they just kept saying, like, every game was an improvement. Every game was an improvement. Um but now, I mean, with another injury, yeah, I'm, I'm more, I'm not worried that he's gonna not live up to his potential. I just want to see the guy play hockey. This is a fifth, this is a fifth overall pick that we got with this guy. We picked him before Matthew Kachuk, mm-hmm. and to see a guy like Kachuk on the Flames having the success that he's having is a little more salt in the wound to you know your your average Canucks fan. Oh. I, I, I mean, they say he's expected to make a full recovery, and I really, really want to believe that. I do. And I really want to see this guy pan out. But, yeah, the, the seed of doubt has, has now been planted, I think. Well, it looks like he's not going to be a full-time regular on this team until he's, like, 26, 27 years old now. That's, well, that's kind of what it's I, going to. I don't know about that, man. He's still really young. Even if he plays next year, he's going to be 21 years old. Don't forget guys like, like Hutton when they're a rookie. They, they join this team later. So... We he's still got time. He's still got time to get it together. And who knows? Maybe when Quinn makes the jump and he makes the jump, those two might just feed off each other. And watching Matthew Kachuk, I mean, it'd be really nice to have that guy. Oh man, you know? that's the, that's the salt in the wound right there. It is more so than anything else. And we saw Sergeyev last night as well, who looks like he's yeah. a power play, you know, specialist back there that the Canucks could really use from the point. So yes, it's salt in the wound, uh, Ole Ulevi. Having surgery, not going to be able to make it back to the Canucks roster by at least next year if he makes the team at all. So that sucks. But everything else is going pretty well in Canuck land right now, I would say. Absolutely. Uh, what else we want to go over before we get into uh, our gifts for the Vancouver Canucks, our Between the Stammers gifts? Well, I know you don't like talking stats at all. Stats are for losers. <laughs> That's Art's uh, take on it. I think stats... Uh, don't necessarily always tell the story, but stats coupled with what you're seeing out there can really, really help. And and um, Rogers provided. Let's provide some context here, actually, for our listeners. Both Art and I, we we work for uh, the Royals and the WHL, and we see how stats are taken sometimes in those games. And when we get stats, um, you know, from two different people, sometimes those stats actually. You know, basically, they're fighting with each other because, you know, what one person may constitute as a hit, somebody else may not believe it's a hit. Uh, what somebody thinks is a clean face-off win, somebody else might not think is a clean face-off win, and so on and so forth. So on entries, everything else. 
Um, That's why I say some of these advanced stands are arbitrary. But the the stats that Sportsnet reported on when they were talking about um, the Western Canadian teams in areas that they could approve based on these stats, these stats are taken by one of the world leaders in statistical analysis, SportLogic, which is spelled Sport Lodge and then IQ. And basically, they use computers and metrics to get these statistics. It's not just somebody sitting there with a pen. It's very calculated data to to find these underlying pieces. And one of the things when they're mentioning the Canucks in this on something that they can improve on is something that I've been kind of harping on all year as well, and that is continuing pressure in your own end, not just one-and-done chances. Sorry, in the offensive end, not just uh, one-and-done chances on offense, right? And um, I think Josh Levo is a is a guy who's really added to that for Vancouver's forecheck, going in there, banging on the boards, getting these pucks out, getting them to the front of the net, going for rebounds. This is the thing that if the Canucks really want to be more offensive, they need to work a little harder on getting these things out there. I think Barchi, when he's back, he's going to add to this. He's, he's going to make this metric a little more positive for the Canucks because the retrieval is the hardest part. And then guys finishing like Besser, uh, Pedersen, we know these guys can finish. Yeah, an article came out this week, and this is the one that uh, Kirby's talking about here. Andrew Berkshire of Sportsnet, uh, he came up with uh, the biggest weaknesses for all teams in uh, Western, I guess, Western Canada. Canada. Yeah, Western Canada. So uh, the Canucks, some of their biggest weaknesses, uh, he wrote, were rebound chances and four-check chances. And it's something that Caleb Kirby is taking to heart here. He's losing sleep over Well, it. no, I just believe it because I see it. And then seeing the data on top of that just confirms it, I believe. You know, like a lot of people talk about the play of, of Nikolai Goldobin. And offensively, he's a great player in, you know, the respect of having some flash and, and uh, being able to shoot and being able to deke and everything. But I think where he falls short as a player is on the forecheck puck retrieval chances, and then, of course, getting to the net a little harder. And I think uh, Goldilwin is kind of one of the poster boys for why the Canucks don't look as good um, on this thing statistically. Louis, Louis was another guy. I mean, you can even say Jake Vertanen at times um, in front of the net. He needs to be there a little harder looking for you know rebounds and everything else. The league average for rebound chances is just under three per 60 minutes, according to... Uh, stats from sportslogic.com. The Canucks, they're saying here, are have averaged uh, a little under uh, two per game on rebound chances. Uh, the league average per 60 minutes for four-check chances is just over five. Uh, the Canucks are averaging well under three, so almost just two and a half. So four-check chances, and that's something that you think is definitely missing on this team yeah and and i thought like during the 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 massive losing streak that they went on a guy losing a guy like beagle who is a guy who's always in there forechecking he's usually the first guy in there forechecking and just tying the puck up on the wall so the other guys can get the puck out and create chances that is something that this team needed to work on they've been better at it as of late and i think that's why they've been winning are we done? Are we done talking about stats? Um, well, I like the one, I like the stat uh, that they also brought up in this article about the Oilers because they said basically 
when it comes to everything, the Oilers are insanely mediocre, and McDavid is hiding some of the more glaring discrepancies in in the game. So, I mean, that to me, like, that's... We'll, we'll see where the Oilers finish, but, I mean, if you're that mediocre, it's going to be interesting to see if, uh, you know, this team's going to make playoffs or not. Connor McDavid crying. Well, he hasn't been crying, but the his team has been crying that they people have been holding on to him, oh. clutch and grab the entire season. Ken Bitchcock, for sure. Uh, I mean, he went on a bit of a soliloquy. He said the Canucks after the <laughs> after the game on Sunday. Yeah, he said the Canucks were really uh, after Connor McDavid. Bo Horvat, I guess, had a bit of a chuckle about it. He was asked about it as well. Yeah. I don't know. Did you notice anything in that game? No, that man. They were... I thought they played. That was one of their best games they've played all season. Yeah. 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 Part of their uh, nice streak here. Hopefully the Canucks can start up a new streak. They have a game against St. Louis on Friday, and then they host Winnipeg again. So both these games are home games. On Saturday, they get the Jets. Art Aronson will be at the Jets game. Nice. Congratulations. So Thank you, sir. Have fun. Forward. I look forward to uh, watching that game. And you're doing the World Junior Canada-Switzerland game tonight, right? I'm going to go view it. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, that'll be fun. Yeah, definitely, man. Check out uh, Michael DiPietro there. Uh, I think we've gone over the Canucks, uh, the biggest headlines for them. Uh, Let's go over what gifts we'd want to give the Canucks. This is the giving time this season. I think it would be fun to... uh, what 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 does the Canucks what do the Canucks need here for the next half of this season? Well, you know what? I'm not even gonna give those types of gifts. I'm gonna give more personal gifts. Personal gifts. Yeah. So, like a uh, robot car. Like what, I, what I got all sorts of stuff in mind. Okay, because I have no idea where this was gonna go. It's just an idea. Okay, I, I had a gift for Louis Erickson um more towards the beginning of this season and I actually returned it. The lump of coal? I returned the lump of coal. I had the lump of coal ready to, to give to him, and uh, I think over these last six games, he's played some really spirited hockey. It hasn't always shown on the scoreboard, but he's doing, uh, as everybody's been making fun of, the little things. He's been doing the little things very well. He's yeah. been great, great on the penalty kill, and I think this is one of the reasons why the Canucks penalty kill has been so efficient as of late. Um, his work on the boards has been fantastic, and instead of the lump of coal, I'm going to give Louis. The rock. I picked it up at the beach. I wrapped it up, and I'm giving him the rock. So he's gone from a lump of coal to a rock, and I want this rock to remind him to be like a rock out there. <laughs> Tougher on the puck. Yeah. Right? Solid as a rock. And that is my advice to Louis Erickson, and I hope he enjoys his rock. You could have given him a Ford truck, and you know how they used to have the old like a rock. Wasn't that Chevy? Was that Chevy? It might Damn have been it. Chevy. Damn it! Sorry, Bob Seger. Sorry, Chevy. Okay, well maybe. Okay, I'll upgrade it. I'll give him a side <laughs> a stocking stuffer of Bob Seger hits, and he can have like a rock, like a rock to listen to while he looks at his pet rock and holds it every game before he uh, suits up. He's got one goal, only one goal in his last six games. I think he has two points, but. He's been noticeably better. He's been engaged, man. It, I'm watching the game last night against Tampa Bay, and there was a few moments there where he he gave he was breaking up opportunities at the point. He was he actually set up the second goal by a really by turning the puck over, and then the Canucks had a nice cycle going in the Tampa Bay zone, and it was all because of his original steal. Yeah, 
I know. I, I was like, wow. this, And I'm like, this isn't too much to ask from this guy on a regular basis, is it? <laughs> well, it has been since he got into Vancouver. But that's all That's all I want from that's Louis That's all Erickson. I want from him, too. Right? You know, at this point, that's all I want. Yeah. Yeah. Um, who are you giving a gift to? Well, I was just going to give this gift of Swede, and he was part of it. Louis Erickson, Alex Edler. Just, I was going to give this team solid play from both those guys for the rest of the year. They're, that's what they're giving us. What are you giving them? No. Do you have any gifts? No, I don't have gifts. I don't actually have gifts. I just have that, like, hypothetical, oh, you know. You're like, trying to be poetic. Yeah. Okay. No, like, here's the gift of Swede. Uh. Your Swedes, aside from Elias Pettersson, are going to step up and actually play hockey for you for the rest of the season. Alex Edler was great last night, too. Yes. You know Fantastic. What? Dude, okay. Logging big minutes. Yeah. Right? Yeah. When he, that guy logs more minutes, he honestly seems like a better player out there. And yeah. I don't know if that's what gets him engaged in the game, but that could be the thing. And actually, watching a game with... um, He pissed me right the fuck off on two plays, but other than that, he was fantastic. And and another thing a buddy pointed out to me, he said, maybe Louie um, is a character that needs an assignment from a coach before he plays the game. Maybe that's what gets him engaged. Maybe it's just that verbal thing being like, okay, I want you to shadow this guy tonight. Or I want you to do this. Because some guys need that, right? They need their assignment to go out there and and uh, make sure they stick to it. Not necessarily always being like, oh, yeah, you're, you're the guy who should be scoring goals. Sometimes it's an assignment that gets a guy really fired up and going. Yeah, okay. So that's what we need to get Louis Erickson going. Give him an assignment, and then maybe the offense will come after that. That's Maybe. what we hope. That's what we hope. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I just thought it was an interesting, an interesting comment from uh, from a buddy I was watching the game with. I was like, you know what, man, that that might be something that fires him up. I'm not sure. At six million, effort and effort shouldn't be a problem. It shouldn't. Yeah. It shouldn't be. It should. It, it's a prerequisite. It has. Okay? It has been <laughs> earlier, but uh, lately he's been playing very well. I and, know. And that. Uh, Imagine if the goals gift. were to come from this yeah. guy. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So I know that's a stupid poetic, uh, different way. This segment's kind of falling. No, no, no. It's, I got another that. one. I got another one. Okay. Adam Gaudet. Yeah. I'm giving him a toonie stick that I won in a 50-50 raffle. <laughs> so it's a stick with toonie. You know what a toonie stick is, right? No, I have no okay, idea what so a toonie stick Okay, so at uh, like hockey tournaments in Canada, there's a lot of different tournaments you play in, in uh, like 50-50 raffles and stuff like that for prizes. Yeah. There's always like a stick, right? And, like, nowadays, it's a pretty nice stick, like yeah. a nice composite, beautiful stick. And all, all along the stick, they tape toonies, little toonies along the stick, up up and down both sides. So sometimes the toonies can, like, be worth, like, $100. So you get, like, $100 on the stick, and then you get to keep the stick. So are you saying that Adam Gaudet is broke? No, I'm saying, I'm well, compared to some of the other guys <laughs> on the team, he's not making as much, right? Yeah. But uh, what I'm saying is I think he's been playing really well. I think he deserves some money in the near future. That's why I'm giving him the Toonie stick. And the stick, I also think, is going to help him out a little bit, too, to get that shot off quicker. Because right now, that's the thing that he's doing. is he's, he's shooting at the goalies. He's trying to shoot through them rather than getting the shot off, disguising it, getting it off quickly. And I think with this stick that I'm going to give him, it's going to help his game out. Are you happy with him being on this roster playing limited minutes? Um... I don't like it when they're too limited. I, I thought last year he played a good amount. I mean, sorry, last year. Last night he played a good amount of minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I, I don't like it when it's below 10. I don't think that helps anybody. 
I uh, I don't I really that was the only gift I really wanted to give the Canucks. That's all you wanted yeah. to give him, and you yeah. didn't give him anything. You just were poetic about it. Yeah. What about Markstrom? You're not going to give Markstrom anything for his latest batch of playing. I want to give Markstrom a new goalie mask, actually. Yeah, I don't love his mask either. Yeah, yeah I'm with you on that so one. So that's, Jacob, that's what you're getting from me. You're getting a new goalie mask, and who's going to design it? Whoever designed uh, La Barbara, Jason LaBarbera's mask. Jason LaBarbera's? Yeah. That one was a little metallica out there. That's I think right. it had the St. Anger fist on it. And yeah, it was sweet. Everything else. It was pretty cool. I, I don't know, but in the most cases, I think less is more for goalie masks. Yeah. In most cases. Kirk McLean still has my favorite Canuck goalie yeah. mask of all time, and it's just the lines on it are so nice. Yeah. Uh, they were a little simpler in the 90s, for yeah. sure. Uh, I was going to give Anders Nielsen some new pads, but he got new pads. They look good. Yeah. So I like them. You saved a little bit of money there for yourself, hey, Art? Yeah, I, I, yeah, I saved a little money. I am a little broke. I do work in radio. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Anders Nielsen. Those were cool pads I noticed yesterday. Those were the first time I wore yeah. those pads, were they not? Yeah. Yeah, because I um, noticed them. I would also like to give Brock Besser, as a Christmas gift, a new contract. Is it along the lines of William Nylander? Somewhere along the lines of William Nylander. Mm-hmm. I think he's worth it. What do you think? Well, yeah. And you got to really you have to just sign this money for sign this guy for whatever he wants at this point, let's be honest. Whatever he wants. Pretty much. Hmm. I mean, it's going to be market value. He's not a mean guy. No, although I, I haven't met his mean although guy. I haven't met his agent. What did you think of that documentary that they aired this week, Building Brock? I'll be honest with you, I only watched like half of it, mm. but I liked what I saw. Yeah, it was fine. I yeah. thought it was something that uh, most like diehard Vancouverites already knew. Mm-hmm. A lot of the stories and everything, um, you know, with Brock because he's had you know to face some pretty pretty tough trials already in his young career with uh, losing friends. Uh, his father's health, and uh, he's just handled it in such stride. Um, I I really think it benefits the rest of Canada that doesn't know as much about Brock Besser. You know, maybe some fans out in Ottawa or or out in Quebec or whatever. Like they know how special of a player he is, and uh, yeah, it just showed some of the different things that guy can do with the puck. And I I thought it was great. I thought Elliot did a really good job on the narration as well. I would like to give Travis Green an, uh, some new hair gel. Yeah? I find I find whatever he's wearing is just, it looks like it's dippity-doo. That's what it looks like. <laughs> it, it looks greasy, and I know he's got curly hair and everything like that, and he keeps it about the right length, I think, but I think if he had a little more, like, some of that clay gel, just something that doesn't look so greasy. That's it. You get that. That's your 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 gift. Yeah. Travis Green to be hair gel. Yeah. I just thought of that right off the right off the hop. Right off the cusp. Yeah. Right off the cusp. Okay. Yeah. That's what we do here on the Between the Stammers podcast. We right. think up ridiculous, stupid things. Uh, this segment kind of fell on its own. No, ass no, a it's bit. fine. It's fine. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. You got any other gifts you want to give out? Oh well, you know, I got. Um, I want to give everybody who is a Shotgun Jake <laughs> fan. Oh, here we go. The gift of the shotgun Jake Golselli, which is when Vertanen scores, he takes off the glove, cracks the beer, and pretends to chug it on the ice. You want him to actually do that? Yeah, yeah. I suggested that. I mean, kind of at the beginning of the season, once shotgun Jake was like coming into full swing, I got a lot of likes on it on on Twitter. This is going to lead to lawsuits. No, someone's going to like overdose on a shotgun no, Jake, and they're going to no, be like, no. "It was Jake's fault." 
I saw him on the ice. He can he can blame me. He can blame <laughs> me. Oh, and speaking of gifts, thank you very much to Blake Price for giving us the gift of laughter this week when he tried his first shotgun, JK. Maybe that should be your gift to Canucks fans. Maybe you should show people how to shotgun properly. Well, I'm not the best, man. That that dweeb guy who's like listening to Wild Side by Motley Crue <laughs> and he's already got the smoke in his mouth. That guy's a stud. He's the best. I think we just need a step-by-step video for guys like Blake Price. If you miss Blake Price's uh, shotgun, Jake, he, like, slashed his uh, his can, and it went right into his eyes. The beers went right into his eye, and it was pretty funny. But yeah. he, like a champ, he downed the rest of that beer. He did. You got to give him credit for that, right? Well, I mean, a lot of it was running down the front of his sweater. Yeah. By the way, he he seems like he's doing all right. Hey, that nice fire in the background and everything. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's broadcasting <laughs> for you. We, we've been talking about uh, Blake Price, and we wanted to get him on the air here on Between the Stammers to talk about his um, shotgun Jake experience. So yeah. we're going to work on that. That'd be yeah. nice to get him at some point. I'd like to give him some pointers. Yeah, I think you, you know? should. That's, yeah. what I'm, that's, yeah. that's what I said it'd be a nice gift if Caleb Kirby would go on Twitter a step-by-step how he shotguns and how you should do it. Yeah. Because it's something that's sweeping the nation as juvenile as it is. Yeah. It is sweeping the Show nation. Show you how to not cut yourself when you're when you're doing it, too, with, yeah. the, with the knife and making the hole and everything. I cut myself putting on my belt this morning, though. Here we how are. clumsy is that, eh? That's something you're not supposed to tell people. <laughs> um, okay, so two games this week left. Yeah. We St. Got- Louis, Winnipeg. Yeah. What do you think is going to happen? Well, I think they definitely are going to beat St. Louis because St. Louis is reeling. Even though they just won, actually, this last night. They actually beat a pretty good team. Uh, Ed- no, they beat Edmonton. Yeah. They just beat Edmonton last night. Dude, uh, the Hawks beat the Preds last night. Well, that just goes to show you this is the NHL. You can right. Anybody can beat anybody any given night, right? Yeah. Uh, and Winnipeg, it's a Saturday night game. I'm going to be there. They tend to lose when I'm there, so mm-hmm. it's going to be a tough game, real tough game. I don't know, man. Like, I one thing about this Canucks team almost all season, and especially as of late, is they've just been in, in every game they're playing. Mm-hmm. Like, it's never really felt like it, it was over. It's also the last game before the break because they're mm-hmm. going to get an, kind of an extensive break here over Well, they play Christmas. the Oilers on the 27th. Yeah. Yeah. So they're going to go all out in that game. I think it's a good game to go to. Yeah. No, you, you picked a good one there for yeah, sure. Yeah, I'm pretty excited about it. Uh, let's just go over quickly some NHL headlines. Okay. Okay. So since – did we talk about this on the last podcast? We might have. The Philadelphia Flyers fired – Hackstall. Hackstall. Yeah, I think yeah. we touched on it. Yeah. So that happened. Uh, Joe Quinville might be the head coach. Yeah, it's of, been a delicate dance, hasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you think that's a smart move? Absolutely. Yeah. I think anybody who lands Quenville, their team's going to get turned around pretty quickly. I think he's that good of a coach. Man, I I feel for Claude Giroux on that team because I think he's honestly a top five player in this league. He makes everybody who plays around him better. Um, but, you know, bottom six, the Flyers just aren't good enough. Their D is, again, not good enough. And their goaltending is, well, I, I would say is abysmal, but now that Carter Hart is in there, and I, I truly believe in Carter Hart. Like, watching him when he was on the silver tips, he was the best goalie in the WHL. And at that time, I'd, I'd, I would have argued he's the best goalie in Canada when he was playing during his junior career. He is, 
he's like very Carey Price like in the way that he settles everything down when he's in the crease, and uh, he's not flashy, but he's always in the right spot. What is it with Flyers and their goalies? They've had decent goalies come through. Their have they? They've had Sergei Bobrovsky. Yeah. They've had Steve Mason. Mm, I don't know if I'm putting him in that 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 same category with a guy like Bobrovsky. Yeah, Mason. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I, he, I, I think he, I, he had a good rookie season. He had one season. Yeah. Right. Yeah. There's a lot of goaltenders who who have one good season. Okay. It's it's the consistency. I think Bobrovsky. You can make the argument for Bobrovsky. For sure. You're off the case, Bobrovsky. Yeah, but, um, f- I mean, their their goaltending history is the worst in the league. Mm-hmm. And, and it it's not even, like, up for debate. I remember back when the Canucks were having problems with their goaltenders before we got Luongo, we were like, oh, yeah, we're the worst, we're the worst. And then Philly fans would always be like, no, man, like, our best goalie was Hextall. Mm-hmm. And he was good, but not great. Yeah. And, and that... That tradition has continued aside from a quick blip with Bobrovsky. Uh, I think it's going to change with Carter Hurt, though. I do. I, I think he's the goalie of the future, and he'll be one of the better goalies in this league for a long time. Do you feel bad about Hextall getting the axe like he did? No. 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 And the, and, and with Hextall getting the axe like he did, uh, Hextall was soon to come. I thought the way they did it to Hextall was pretty brute, like across Skype is how he apparently got fired, which is like, that's like Gerard Gallant, like getting dumped off with your <laughs> your bags off the bus and having to take a cab. Bad, like that's that's pretty savage. Um, but you know, it just seems like the year that all these coaches are getting axed. There was a statistic last night that said John Cooper is the longest tenured coach in the NHL now. Really? Yeah. Isn't that that's bizarre to me that that stat is is true. I'm just trying to think of anybody else who's been around for a long time with their team. No. Yeah. With Quinville going down, that's because he was easily the longest tenured coach there for right? a while. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, one other headline I wanted to bring up, uh, and I'm kind of touting my own horn here, tooting my own horn on this one. What are you doing, tooting or touting? Yeah, uh, tooting. <laughs> He's tooting. Yeah, sure. Stinks in here now. <laughs> yes, it does. Uh, Alex Ovechkin is killing it this year yes and i said i thought this could be the year that he has like an all-world year and the reason i said that i don't remember this maybe it was on one of my like <laughs> million podcasts no i remember this i remember i this. said because he's free offensively to do whatever he wants now mm-hmm. he had just won the stanley cup he doesn't have that pressure anymore he just goes out there he doesn't have to worry about winning even though his team's good and the capitals could win yeah uh he can just Go out there and be the Alex Ovechkin that we love. The guy has 29 goals in 32 games. Yeah. That's insanity. That's otherworldly. He's on pace for 74 goals right now. Yeah. And he's also on pace. Well, not on pace, but he's on pace to threaten the 50 goals in 50 games. I know. And I. the thing about Alex Ovechkin is, I mean, he, he gets play. He gets, he gets his credit. I guess, around the league for being as good as he is, but it also feels like he still doesn't. He doesn't. Like, everybody says, who's the best player in the NHL? And it's either McDavid or Crosby. And he's just like, ah, whatever. What about me? I just won the Stanley Cup. Yeah, and even when you look at his goal scoring, like, not just points, but, like, goal scoring stats, he's miles above everybody else. Oh, yeah. He's the best goal scorer we've... Of the modern era. Of the modern era. Yeah. 
Yeah. Well, like of, I guess like 2000 and on. Yeah. Right? I guess the, since the turn of the century. Since he's, the turn of the century. That's yeah. a good way of putting it. Yeah. Yeah. He's the best. He's the best goal scorer we've seen. That's the way you would put it in like a bar argument. Yeah. You know, somebody's saying about who the best player is and I'm like, yeah, it's Crosby. Yeah. And you're like. Alex Ovechkin. Why? Because the guy scores goals. He's the best goal, goal scorer since? The turn of the century. There it is. Okay, that's what you were looking for. <laughs> I And he has 43 points in 32 games this season, too. Yeah, that's insane, man. I mean, he's still like 10 points behind Miko Ratnan. That was going to be the next thing I wanted to throw out there. Miko Ratnan has 56 points this year yeah. in 33 games. That's insanity. He might, he might lose me my hockey pool <laughs> single-handedly. Uh, he's on a line with uh, Nathan McKinnon and Gabriel Landeskog, and that line puts up points every night. Yeah. Like, they barely ever get shut out. Yeah, they're fantastic. And they're going up against the other team's best defense. Everybody goes out there knowing they have to stop this line. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. So, right now, uh, right now for me, the MVPs, and I know Connor McDavid's going to, his name's going to be in there at the end because he's, you know, he has a lot of points, too. I think he's 49 points right now in 33 yeah. games, which is pretty crazy, too. But right now, it's Miko Ranton and Alex Ovechkin for my MVPs right now. Yeah. What do you I, got? I don't disagree with that. I think McKinnon is right there as well. This th- These guys in Colorado remind me of when it was Naslin Bertuzzi. Yeah. Like 2-3 in scoring or 1-2 in scoring or, 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 or at that point during their game. Like, um, it's it's just so dominant in the western conference with all every time you see them play a team they're always scoring like some sort of highlight real goal and um you know we always kind of knew Randon was going to be a good player but playing with McKinnon makes him even better yeah and uh yeah i agree man i think those i think what you said are very very good points and yeah maybe Ovechkin doesn't get enough credit for for what he's doing, which he's is kind of stupid. He's, fuck, he's yeah. fucking crushing it, man. Yeah. The goal score. Like, I looked at his goal scoring numbers, and I was like, oh, he has 29 goals? Like, we we've I've, has anybody even mentioned Alex Ovechkin's name this year? Like, he got drunk over the summer. That's, what we, that's the last time we heard from Alex Ovechkin. Yeah, the partying only made him stronger. <laughs> <laughs> this is why this guy's like, he's a living hero. This guy's a legend. Since the turn of the century... This guy has been drinking beer and scoring goals. That's the bar argument that I want to hear. <laughs> nice work, Art. Uh, one other thing I wanted to mention, a Boston Bruin fan pointed this out to me. Uh, we're seeing how good Thomas Shabbat is. Like, this guy, he is killing it this mm-hmm. year. He's, like, making – he's putting at ease a lot of Senators fans' worries after losing Eric Carlson. Yeah. You're, you got this kid who looks like he's the next Eric Carlson. Uh, po- Points-wise, not the same player, but points-wise, yeah. he ha- He's over a point per game. Yeah, right he's now. a great player. Yeah, he's yeah. over a point per yeah. game right now, and he's young. We've barely seen anything from this kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he just, my, my buddy who's a Boston Bruins fan, wanted to point out in that draft that Thomas Shabbat went in, Shabbat went into, uh, he was the 18th pick by Ottawa. The Boston Bruins had three picks before Shabbat Oh, got so picked. he's pissed. He's, he's pissed. mad at Sweeney. He's pissed because at 13, 14, and 15, yeah. three in a row, the Boston Bruins, here are the three picks they made. Mm-hmm. 
This is the 2015 draft, I think. Yeah, the 2015 draft. At 13, they picked Jakob Zborel. Zborel. I don't no know. idea who that is. Nobody knows who that is. Yeah. Uh, at 14, Jake DeBrusque. Looks Good like player. He's, looks like he's going to be a solid NHL player. Yep. Uh, at 15, they went off the board, I think, to take this guy, Zachary Sinishin, a right winger. Hmm. Do you know who that is? No. No. Uh, at 16, Matthew Barzell went at 16. Yeah. At 17, Kyle Connor went. Yep. And at 18, Thomas Shabbat. And uh, who did the Canucks take? Brock Besser. A few picks after that. Yeah. Yeah. He yeah. didn't even put that in this figure. What a miss. What a miss for the the Bruins. I mean, I, I think Jake Dabreski is going to be a player, but compared to some of those other guys like Kyle Connor. Um, That's a fireable offense right there. Yeah. And I know it's, it's a fireable offense. Yeah. And it's, I mean, of course, the NHL draft is a crapshoot. Yeah. Any draft is, but that's. Man, that's that hurts. Matthew Barzell on the board. I know. Ouch. I know. Ouch. How can you miss out on that, man? Yeah. And the Bruins have a lot of good young talent on their team. Mm-hmm. That Danton Heinen guy is pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. They have they have a lot of good players. If they had just drafted, well, a I mean, we bit took better. Schaller off their hands, right? How did Schaller, <laughs> by the way, who were, wasn't in the lineup for the Canucks last night? How did he score 14 goals? He scored 14 goals. I don't year. know, man. I'm starting to wonder that myself. I mean, I didn't think he started off the season too poorly, but, like, he's he's found a way to play his way into the doghouse. Yeah. And he, now he's the odd man out. Because Mott's been fantastic. Mott's been unreal. Yeah, and so it's Mott, Beagle, and whoever else they want to put on that on the other on the other wing. Right? Yeah. And... It was Schaller there for a while, but he's been yeah. turfed. And then they uh, they put Granlund there yeah, Granlund, because yeah. they put Godet on third third line, yeah. which I kind of like for Tan and Godet and uh, Goldobin and Goldobin. Yeah, I kind of like. I don't that. mind. Like I actually really like what um, Green has done there, right? Because he takes those two wingers, he puts like Goldobin, Vertan, and he'll bump those up those guys up with Horvat. Bring those other guys down with Godet in Roussel and Louis. Yeah. I like. I thought he that was a great uh, adjustment when they were playing the Oilers, and that line did a, a really good job of uh, Horvat, Louis, and uh, Roussel in shutting McDavid down. I think that's going to do it for between the Stammers for this week. Uh, Christmas, yeah, is next Wednesday. Yeah how how the hell are we going to do this? I don't know. Maybe we'll have to take a quick break. Christmas. Nah, we'll we'll figure something out. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I got to be up in Nanaimo. That's where I'm doing my Christmas. Okay. On Vancouver Island. How about you? We might we might be a day later too. I'll be around here. Yeah. The Canucks game is on. I we maybe should have waited for our gifts for actually Christmas, but that's fine. Yeah. Maybe I could come up with some better gifts. No, no, sen- no <laughs> sense in regretting it uh, during our podcast while we're recording it. Our- that's <laughs> my life, though. I don't want to. I want to hold no <laughs> yeah i want to i want to tell you the truth between the stammer listener uh where can we find you caleb kirby uh at curbman 23 on twitter and you can email art and myself at between the stammers at gmail.com and you can find me on both twitter instagram and facebook at art aronson hit me up uh, anything you want to talk about vancouver canucks uh, blake price If you're listening, we want you, buddy. (laughs) Come on the show. Uh, Have a great Christmas. Yeah, thanks for listening. Happy holidays.